Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. But I ask William to join me for the message today, and you're in for a treat. Whether you knew this or not, William went to Bible college, so you're in the presence of a theologian, everybody. I mean, this is, this is somebody got it. I didn't go to Bible college. You're going to get something good today, so I'm excited to have you uh, here. And, and here's the reason why I wanted to do this today. First of all, I want you to hear stories from people in our church. Uh, I think one of the things I haven't done well over the last four and a half years of our church is peel back the curtain for you and let you know the difference you're really making in people's lives and let you see people with stories like yours and hear from them. And it's one thing for you to hear me talk about it. It's one thing for you to hear another preacher talk about it. But when you hear somebody who's serving and on the dream team and and you hear them talk about the blessing of God in their life, I hope, my hope for you today is something sort of opens up in your life. And the other reason is because the biggest, and we talked about this, William, the biggest question I get as a pastor, but 10 to 1, but without exception, is how to know God's will for my life. How do I know the will of God for my life? I hear this from single men who are trying not to be single. Come on, somebody. And single girls who are trying to be married. Is, is he the one? Is she the one? Am I supposed to take this job? Am I supposed to go to that school? Am I supposed to go in this career? How do I know God's voice in my life and the plan of God for my life? And so over the last year that I knew this transition was coming and we prayed about this transition, and specifically the last several weeks, I just felt like you needed to hear from somebody else about how to hear the voice of God in your life and know the plan of God for your life. Are you ready for that, everybody? All right. Now, William, there's a whole lot, and I know the whole story. I know the story you've told me. Uh, And so I just want to give you a chance to kind of tell. Tell a little bit about childhood. Tell me a little bit about your story up until now. And specifically, you got saved, your faith journey, kind of all that, all the way up to marriage. All right? Those are some great questions, Pastor Mitch, and thank you again for giving me the opportunity and the platform to share that. Um, But before I dive into that, my wife and I, uh, we just want to say thank you. Thank you to City Hills. Thank you to the family. Uh, Thank you to the leadership. Also importantly, thank you to Pastor Mitch and Pastor Brandy for just loving on us and loving on my family and giving us this opportunity to grow, uh, not only in the word, but through friendship. So, you know, we're going to miss you guys, but the exciting part is that we know that this is not the end, but this is only the beginning of what God has Uh, in store for us in City Hills. And so thank you, Pastor Mitch. And those are great questions, and we're going to dive into some good information today. Um, But talking about my journey uh, and kind of where um, God has brought me up to this point, I was raised in church like so many of you guys. Um, And, you know, early on, my mother was a youth pastor and a a missionary. And so I knew what it was to go to church. I knew what it was to praise God and do, you know, everything that the Christian should do and the right person should do. Um, but there was a, there was an emptiness in my life. Um, I wasn't free and I went through uh, many years of my life just feeling empty and I didn't have fulfillment. I had the title of being a Christian, but I didn't have the fulfillment inside. Um, and, um, it was up to the age of six that my father, my biological father left us. And so it was just me and my mother for so many years. Um, but one thing that my mom made a priority is what, the priority that she made um, for my life is that I would remain planted in the church um, and that I would grow knowing that, you know, God loved me uh, and we love God. Um, and I remember so many times that, um, you know, before, you know, my father left, he was very abusive with us. 
And one of the stories that I shared uh, this morning was my father would abuse us so much and so bad that one time he you know, abused my, my mother and I so bad that he put us in the hospital. And I remember quite, I, I remember very clearly my mom being laying on the uh, surgery table and, you know, she was beat up very bad and also myself. But one thing that I would never forget is my mother held onto my hand and she says, wherever he goes, I go. I'm not leaving him. And I apply that to my life today because I can think about the faithfulness of God. And everything that I've gone through, God has held onto my hand. He says, wherever he goes, I go. God is never, the Bible says that God would never leave us nor forsake us. And we serve such a faithful God that no matter what trial, what tribulation, or whatever we go through, God is always there with us. He's actually two steps ahead of us. And so I went to Bible college, um, and I feel like that was a point to where I really started to find fulfillment in my life. And I didn't share this with the first service, and I'll share this with you guys. Um, One of the freedoms that I found um, through my journey was through my father. I had never really known my father. Um, And when I got married with my wife, um, I felt ashamed to share that information. I felt embarrassed. And one of the freedoms that I found was she asked me, so, you know, I see your stepfather. He just doesn't look like you. And I would always say, you know what? No, you just, you know, yeah, we're, we're, we're father. You know, he's my father. Um, but she said, you know, I, I did some research. And I found out that you have a biological father. And, uh, you know, that, that's... Women that's, are that's, sneaky. That's, 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 that's are a sneaky. <laughs> I mean, she was 10 steps ahead of me. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, and so... Um, to make a long story short, I remember going up to my, my father's doors that knocked on his door. He opened up the door. He opened up the door, and he was in total shock you know, because he didn't expect for me to show up to his house. More or less, he didn't, he didn't even know I was married. And uh, I told him, I said, you know what? I really want to be brief, and I want to be quick. I said, you know, I said, I'm your son, and I have two things today, and I'll leave. I said, number one, I want to ask you for forgiveness. And here's a man that should be asking me for forgiveness, what I felt. But I knew that in order for me to find fulfillment within myself, I had to ask him for forgiveness. And then the second thing I said, I said, if you don't mind, I said, I want to pray with you. I said, if I don't see you from this point on ever again, I said, my prayer in my heart is that I would see you in heaven. And I prayed with him. And he prayed with me and accepted the Lord. We had a brief conversation we saw once after that and never again you know one of the things that I think is so powerful about this story there's a lot powerful about this story and your mom's here and I know that's difficult to to walk through again and let me tell you this to, to everybody you don't have any idea what the person you're sitting next to has lived through and it's easy to look across church life and see people that you think man they've got it together and I wish I had that kind of marriage I wish I had that kind of blessing or that kind of car. I wish I had what they had. Truth of the matter is you don't have a clue the journey they walk through to get what they've got. You don't know the pain of their struggle. Most of us want the outcome. We just don't want the pain that got them the outcome. I meet married couples who've been married a couple of years and they want the same things that married couples who've been married 20 years or 30 years or 40 years have. And and you got to realize that everybody comes from somewhere and everybody's got a story. And everybody, listen to me, everybody's been hurt by somebody. You get to choose what you do with your hurt. You get to choose how you decide 
the rest of your story. You could have lived your whole life as a victim and raised by a single mom and abandoned by a father and abused by a father, not trusted men or really trusted anybody. And you just decided, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a turn and something's going to be different in my life. I think a lot of that's a praying mama. Come on, everybody. Are you thankful for your praying mother, everybody? We'll talk about that next week, but you ought to pray for your kids every week. And, but it wasn't always easy. And, and it wasn't always easy for you guys, not just in a single-parent home, but financially. And I mean, you guys struggled. Tell me a little bit about just that early childhood and struggle as a teenager. Yeah, so growing up in a single-parent household, it was, it was hard for my mother. We were on food stamps and welfare and, um, you know, government assistance. And, you know, we, uh, we lived in an apartment right there on Gardena, um, apartment A, second floor, number four, I remember it. And... Um, there was one instance in my life that really kind of, I think, really shifted my, my thinking. I remember our lights went out, and we didn't have any electricity for three days. And my mother came up to me, and she says, you better not go to church, and you better not tell the pastor, you better not tell anybody that we have no lights. She said, you're going to trust in God, and we're going to see God's faithfulness in our life. He's brought us to this point. He'll take us out. And so... One night, it was the second or third night, I remember I was maybe 11 or 12 or so, and I remember my mother praying, and I heard through her bedroom, the door was closed, and I walked in, and she didn't see me, and I think this really revolutionized my life. She was in front of the window screen because it was so hot, and I heard her just thanking God and saying, thank you, God, for everything that you've given us. You're faithful. You're good. You're mighty. You can do all things. Thank you. You don't need to give me another thing in life. Thank you, God, for everything that you have already given me. And it was at that point that really was a pivot for my life. Fast forward, I had my, what I call now my father, come into my life at the age of 17. Yeah, yeah. He came in and he, he, he took me in on his own and he, he raised me. I am, I'm the man I am today because of him because of the principles and the values that he's imparted into my life. And so then my, uh, my wife came in the picture. Um, my mother was a missionary, and she, uh, she would travel um, around the world. And one of the places that she would go to, she would go to South America. And my, so my wife's known, my, 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 daughter, my mother's known my wife since the age of 12. And I remember um, several years ago she went, and one of my friends in the youth group went um, with, uh, with the, my mother and the ladies that she went with. And I remember... Um, coming back, uh, Roxanne said, hey, there was this 20-year-old girl that came in, and she was very, very pretty. So I felt led by the Spirit. Come on, somebody. I, you know, I said, you know, come on. Let's trust God with this one. And um, That's the only thing some of y'all going to catch all day long. <laughs> Talking about the Spirit told me to do it. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we connected, and we started talking, and um, 13 years later, we're married with two beautiful kids. And there's a lot of story within that. But I'll say this one last thing, Pastor mentioned. We'll jump into what's next. Um, and Mama and my dad don't know this, and I'm going to share this. Um, I'm just going to be vulnerable. There was a point in our marriage, early in our marriage, where we struggled. And uh, we struggled financially. We struggled in our marriage, just connecting with each other. And um, I remember one, uh, one night... Um, my mother always opened up her door and we stayed with her but there was one night where we just really wanted to trust God and 
you know, we didn't know what next step to take, so we didn't have money, and we slept in our car. Um, right there on I-35 and 16-4, right in front of the men's warehouse, we slept in our car. And for a man, it was embarrassing because I knew I didn't have, I didn't have money to put her in a hotel. And uh, we really wanted to trust God, and I remember my wife sleeping in the car with the windows down, and I stayed up that night praying to God. And it immediately took me back to the moment when my mom was uh, in her room. And that night, I, I, that night when my wife was asleep, I, the whole night I was saying, thank you, God. You're faithful. Thank you because everything that you've given me, you don't need to give me another thing. Thank you that you've given me everything that I need to get through this life. And so it took me back. The seed that my mother sowed in my life 10, 15 years ago began to reap the harvest two years earlier in our marriage. That sounds like an arranged marriage, by the way, that your mom knew her, which I'm not against. I'm being honest with you. <laughs> I got a little girl. I ain't mad at it. I just. There are times in your life when you think it can't get any worse than this. You may be in that situation right now in your marriage or maybe walk through that the last 15 months in COVID thinking, Boy, this is rock bottom. If you don't catch anything else today, I want you to catch what William just said. It's really the attitude that you walk through the pain that matters. It's really the posture of your heart more than it is the money in your bank account. And if if you'll keep an attitude of thankfulness and gratefulness for what you do have, it's amazing how God will come through in your life. Amen, everybody? So... You get married. That's the best part of the story, by the way. She saved your life like every other woman saved your life. And everybody kind of knows that story. That's kind of the end of the story right there, which is, and and then I got married, and then everything got better. And so I I know that's true. And and I know that God's been faithful all through your life. So raised in a single-parent household and the faithfulness of God. Planted from an early age. Saved at the age of six, baptized at six years old, and and saw the hand of God, and then now God brings a father and your family together, and forgiveness, and healing, and wholeness, and Bible college. And then you guys make a decision to just plant your lives, and to be faithful to God. And some of that is at City Hills the last four years. I remember we were in a real small, we were in the smallest auditorium in the movie theater in Bernie, where our church was meeting. And... Um, I remember your children were small. I remember Fernando walking out in the hallway with with small babies. We we had small children, and 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 just hearing Sunday after Sunday that you were back and coming back and just deciding to plant. Now, what you don't know, our church at that time was about ten minutes or so up I ten, uh, just inside of Bernie, and they live in North Stone Oak, which is about like driving from Fort Worth to our church. I mean, there's just no easy way to do it. I mean, I don't know why Satan owns 281, but he does. And then and then the Holy Ghost is kind of on, on 1604, and then when you get to I-10, Satan owns that again. And So it wasn't easy, but you showed up early, you stayed late, you were faithful to God, you came to prayer meetings, you... You, you prayed at 21 days. You showed up at serve days with a red shirt on, loving people, and brought your kids and checked them in week after week after week. And now four years later, leading our church and helping make good decisions. But a lot of that was just a choice you guys made as a couple to say, we're going to get planted. Talk about that decision to just decide 
we're putting God first, and then the blessing that came along with that. Yeah, that's so good, Pastor Mitch. And uh, to kind of uh, answer that um, in regards to how we made that decision, so my wife and I, um, we were planted, and uh, we felt a transition after nine years. We felt that there was a transition for us, and we started looking for a church. And, um, you know, everybody everybody always tell you, San Antonio is so big, you're going to find a church easy. Um, But we weren't looking for a church. We were looking for a family. And um, I remember one of the, uh, my wife's employees that attended City Hills invited us over and we went to the theater and we uh, sat in service. And uh, after service, um, I asked my wife, I said, what do you think about it? She said, eh, we can come back next week, you know. And uh, she wouldn't give me, a, she didn't give me a direct answer. And I kept asking, I'm like, no, no, give me, give me some more. Like, we, you know, we had a long way to, we had a long drive going back home. You know, and I'm thinking, give, give, me, uh, give me some more meat and potatoes. And she says, we can go back next week. And that was her way of saying, I loved it. I want to go back. I want to serve. I want to, knowing her. But we made a decision within ourselves. We prayed with each other. And uh, one thing that I've known and I'm coming to know and understand is that if my wife's not on board, I'm not on board. I've got to be in lockstep with her. And God doesn't operate through confusion, but God operates through peace. And I knew that if we had the peace on this decision on going all in, that God was going to bless us and we were going to find fulfillment in the church. And thank God, four years later, we've God's given us exceeding abundantly more than we can ever think or ask. We found fulfillment. We found joy. We found peace. We found blessings. And everything else that comes when you go go all in with Christ. And we prayed. And uh, we felt like this was really the choice um, that, you know, the, the decision that God really was, you know, gearing us towards and to be under the leadership of Pastor Mitch. Now, thank you for that. Before that, so early on in the marriage, struggling financially, sleeping in a car. But you guys had a, a conversation that sort of changed the trajectory, specifically as it relates to your finances and, and the blessing of God. You talk about that sort of being a turning point when things really began to open up for you. Not just the decision to get planted in the church, but the decision to put God first, really in a pretty remarkable way. Why don't you tell me that story? So one thing that I've always known is that, and I was taught, is that when, uh, you know, when you're, when you're in deep and you need to get out, you give your way out. And um, that's all I've known is to give my way out of my situations. And I remember it was December the 19th at 7.30 p.m. 2014. We were sitting at the table and I came to my wife and I said, I have a, I'm praying about something. I want to be in agreement with you and I want your blessing upon this. I said, well, you know, we've been struggling in our finances. You know, we're making ends meet, and we really can't, you know, you know, we can barely buy food. I said, I want to give our way out of this situation. I said, I want, to, I want to trust God in every area of our life. I said, we've been giving our tithe faithfully. I said, but I feel led of the Spirit to increase 1% every year. And I know my wife kind of like cringed a little bit because she knew the situation that we were in. But immediately she went all in. She says, if God's been speaking to you about that, I'm all on board. And I said, we're going to do this and we're going to do this together. I said, every year we're going to increase 1% and we're never going to stop. Seven years later, we haven't stopped and we remain committed and faithful to our commitment, our pact that we made in 2014. And it's not about the finances because that's the least of our concerns. We're not money focused. But I said, we're going to go all in and we're going to trust God in our marriage. 
We're going to see him work in our marriage. We're going to see him work in our joy. We're going to see him work in our kids. We're going to see him work in our peace and in every area of our life. And I can stand here today to say that God has done more. The Bible says that what is impossible for man is possible for God. Amen. Yeah. And so we've seen that blessing and we've seen God just do far greater than we can ever, ever done. And I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, God can do more in one second than we can do in a lifetime. So good. So are you writing this down? 17% of your income, God comes first. 17%. Has he ever failed you one time? Never. Are you more blessed today than you were seven years ago? Absolutely. Listen, here, here's what I want you to hear. I don't want you to hear about money. I want you to hear the principle of a God-first life. The principle of a God-first life takes a six-year-old boy in a hospital room scared to death and saying, God's going to take care of us. And a 12-year-old boy without electricity because the power is cut off saying, God's going to take care of us. And a 20-something uh, uh, young married saying, God's going to take care of us sleeping in his car. And then seven years ago when you, it hurts to give 10% saying I'm going to give 11 and 12 and we're going to get to 100% of our income. And you mark my words, I know him well enough to know there's going to be a day should the Lord not come back where they're going to give away 70, 80% of their income. Why? Because God comes first. Because God comes first. And what I love about the life that you live, William, is that you see the blessing of God everywhere. You see it not just in your finances, there's a lot of blessing. They'll tell you their story personally. That's not for me to tell. But, but in every area of your life, even in this transition. So a year ago, we're in the middle of COVID, and no one's wearing pants. Everybody's working at home. William's been working at home this whole time. He's yet to go back into the field. He's still, still working remotely from home. And, and I remember you calling me and saying, hey, things are shifting and they shifted for a lot of people. Uh, so many people in our church, jobs shifted and, and people lost careers or had to move in, in a job. And, and, and so that was sort of coming in your life. And now you have this history, this, you know, this 30-year history of God-first living. And now you're faced with a decision. And this is what I wanted to tell you today. This is what I wanted him to tell you today. Because so many people I know are in this situation of, what, God, how do I hear God's voice? How do I know what to do next? How do we take a next step as a couple? How do we trust God when we don't have finances? How do we trust God in a single family? How do I trust God raising a little boy all by myself when my husband's gone? How do we trust God when the lights are cut off? How do we trust God when my job is closing down in San Antonio and I have an opportunity? So I want you to talk about the decision making, what went into you deciding and hearing from God to follow God in the next season of your life. Yeah, so it came down to understanding in, in the core value that my wife and I hold is that we don't operate off of an agenda, but we operate through assignments. You didn't write that down. So it's not what's best for you, it's what God wants for you. Absolutely. So it's not my agenda, is this working out, is this easy on us, because this isn't easy, leaving everything, you've always born and raised San Antonio, right? Yeah. That you know that the Spurs are better than the Maverick. I mean, there's no, you know Dallas has no good sports. You know the Cowboys lose. I mean, there's no win in moving to Dallas. 
But it wasn't your agenda. It's God's assignment. It's God's assignment. And so I was given two opportunities through my company. And they said, look, you know, we've got an, we got an opportunity here in San Antonio. We have an opportunity in Dallas. And I began to talk through that. And uh, my initial thoughts were, we're going to stay here in San Antonio, and we're not leaving. I'm too planted, too many friends, family, etc. We're not going. I told my wife early on, I said, we're not going to um, we're not gonna go to Dallas. We're going to stay here in San Antonio. I'm going to go all in with this position here in San Antonio. And as I said before, God operates through peace, not confusion. And about the last week when the decision was going to be, when the position was going to be offered to me, a lot of confusion started to seep in. And my wife and I were just, we didn't feel peace about it. And I struggled with it for a few days. And, you know, what seemed the perfect plan to stay here in San Antonio just wasn't working out. And I told Fed, I called my wife and I said, look, I'm going to call the hiring manager. I'm just going to, I'm going to pull out. And um, she says, whatever God's talking to you, do it. Called the manager. I said these exact words. I said, my assignment, God, God has placed in my heart that my assignment is in Dallas. I don't know why. I said, as much as I would love to stay here, I thank you and I bless you for the opportunity of speaking with me. I said, but God's got plans for me in Dallas. Thank you. We shut down that opportunity. And the way I made my process and the way I go through my decisions, number one, I go through God. I went to him and I said, God, I said, I need, I need your guidance. I need your help. I need you to lead me through this. Speak to me. And uh, then I went to my wife. And I wanted to be in lockstep with her. I wanted to be, uh, you know, in agreement with her. And then thirdly, I'm a firm believer that God puts counsel around you, good counsel around you. And I went to Pastor Mitch early on. And I said, look, Pastor Mitch, I got two opportunities. I said, you know, I got Dallas and I've got San Antonio. And one thing that I honor so much about Pastor Mitch is I think a lot of people would have said, and they would have tried to preach to me, convincing me why it's God's will for me to stay here. Pastor Mitch did the opposite. He says, look, if God has you in Dallas, I'm going to pack you up and I'm taking you to Dallas. And I thank you for that because that really gave me that peace and assurance that, Number one, I went to God. Number two, my wife was in agreement. And then number three, I had a pastor I had a mentor uh, that was supporting the decision and was willing to back me up. And that was my decision process. And that's how I went through knowing that this was the perfect plan and the perfect will for my life. And I felt peace about it. I've, by the way, I've already pre-prayed about all of y'all. And God said no to all of y'all. Everybody else. That's the only one I felt like was God's will. Everybody else is a no, Jay. Everybody else is a no. Just in case you're wondering. But I think what you said was so important. I don't, and I, and I appreciate the, 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 the honor. But honestly, here's what I was saying. We're going to trust God. It got us this far. It got you from a 6-year-old little boy and a 12-year-old and a 20-year-old. Now trusting God. We're going to believe God. And if God opens the door in Dallas or... Wherever's next, we're going to trust God. And I think the story of your life and the story I want you to walk away with today is this. You can't go wrong putting God first. It's always right to say, okay, God, all the cards are on the table. I didn't come from anything, but maybe you'll bless this. Dad left, but maybe you'll bless this. Uh, uh, no money, but maybe you'll bless this. Struggling financially, but maybe you'll bless this. And every step of the way, you've put God first. And, and, and again, it's not my story to tell, but I know. I know the details of the blessing of God on your life. I know you went from sleeping in a car 
to owning rental properties around San Antonio. I know the blessing of God on your marriage and your family. I know the blessing of God on your parents. I know, I just, I just know it's the product of a God first life, everybody. It's the product of a God first kind of life. And here's what I want you to hear. If you'll do it for him, he'll do it for you. So if you were to give anybody in transition, anybody feeling hurt, anybody single mom or a kid who feels abandoned or somebody who's maybe walked the story like yours, what's the the best advice you'd give in this season of transition? The best advice that I can give you in this season of transition is really just to trust God in every area of your life. He's more than faithful to do it. The Bible says that he's no favorites of person. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Pastor Mitch said that. And I truly believe that because I look back in my life. I made three promises to my mama when I grew up. I said, number one, I'll always serve God. I'll never stop serving him. And I said, number two, we would drive around areas and, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. So we would go to the nice areas and we look at these nice homes. And I said, mama, I'm going to have a home in this area. And number three, I said, I'm going to be the first to graduate. I can say today, I fulfilled every three of those promises when I was that little boy. And trusting in God has been the core focus of my life. The anthem of our marriage is what is impossible for man is possible for God. That's been the anthem. And we carry that. So for those here, our prayer this morning was that you would not leave the same, but you would leave touch changed and rearranged and never the same. And God is more than faithful. And whatever trial, whatever tribulation you're going through, God is faithful. Whatever you're, fo- whatever you're struggling with in your marriage, God is faithful. Whatever you're struggling with in your finances and your children, God is faithful. Go all in and trust God. We made that a commitment four years ago to go all in in City Hill. So for those that are on the, on the fence of should I do it, should I do it, just remember this, that God is faithful. God loves you more than did you know. God loved us when we were at When we were at our lowest, I took my praise to the highest. And I said, God, you're faithful. And you're more than capable to bless us. I'm not going to focus on my current situation, but I'm going to focus on what you have for me ahead. And I think a lot of times we praise God for what he can give us rather than just praising him for who he is. So I would, tell, I would challenge you today. Praise him for who he is, not for what he can do. And you're going to see that God is faithful. So good. Come on, put your hands together for that. So good. Come on, put your hands together for that, everybody. So good. If you're not standing, join us. Bow your heads all over the house at Church Online. Bow your heads and say, well, what? What do I get out of this? What are the three points? There's really just one today. So you can trust God. There are people in the room today who needed to hear God can be trusted. God can be trusted with your deepest hurts and your most embarrassing seasons. And God can be trusted when no one else can. When dad walks out, God can be trusted. When the lights go off, God can be trusted. When you decide to put God first in your finances, God can be trusted. 
When you have an opportunity and a job and you're leaving behind all that you know, God can be trusted. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, He can be trusted. He's trustworthy today. He's faithful. If you didn't catch anything else today, catch that. You're not alone. God can be trusted in your life. If that's for you, would you just be bold and raise your hand and say, man, that's for me. I needed to know I'm not alone and God can be trusted you all over. God bless you. God bless you. Hands up all over the house. Now, Lord Jesus, I pray for people in the room who are walking through their own dark seasons, tough nights. May not be the same. May not be sleeping in a car, but it may be eyes wide open, staring into the darkness, wondering, is it ever going to get better? I pray today for people who need to hear and need to know that you can be trusted. God's faithful to do what He said He would do. That you're a rewarder of people who seek after you with all of their hearts. I pray for people today who are on the fence with their lives, that they'd go all in with Jesus because there's blessing on the other side of commitment. William, Fernando, their family are living proof there's blessing just on the other side of obedience and commitment to God. Father, I pray for people today who need to trust you in salvation. If that's you, if you're here today and you've not surrendered your heart to Jesus or you feel like you've gone cold and walked away, what a what a day to come back home and say, if, it, if it'll work for him, it'll work for me. Starts with a simple prayer. You can pray it at six years old like William. You can pray it again at 18. You can pray it today. Sounds like this, dear Jesus. I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead that I could have a new life. I want that freedom William talked about. I want that freedom from bondage in my past and my struggles. And so forgive me of all of my sin. Forgive me for all the times I tried to work it out on my own, fix myself. Today I surrender completely to you. Give you my whole life. Save me today. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you today. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout amen. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.